Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Hello, nerds, and welcome to the Engadget Podcast. I'm Terrence O'Brien, uh, editor in desperate need of a haircut. Uh, to my right, Sherlyn Lowe, chief contrarian editor. You're a nerd. I am a nerd. That's Hot kettle. Yeah, that's how I got this job. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and to my left, uh, senior editor in charge of... Crankiness. Crankiness, yes. Sure. Crankiness. Devendra Hardwire. Hello, hello. i also like to point out, Sherlyn, you're also a nerd, so I you can't escape. not. Yeah. I got this job by charm. Not really. No, <laughs> no. I mean, you Can't. are, uh, I mean, not that you're not charming, <laughs> but uh, you do seem to have it out for me. I do. You you have made it your goal here to really just like. I <laughs> really don't like your beard, Terrence. This is going to be a fun episode. Wow. Yeah. I you're really, going after the beard? I'm going after everything. <laughs> <laughs> but also, I'm very nervous for today. Also, I'm not here. You're not here? I'm okay. not physically here, no. No. Physically? Mentally. <laughs> said that twice today yeah that's just proving my point yep i'm dead guys i'm uh, dead how are you davindra i'm i'm okay you're okay also very tired yeah uh another late night of working i assume yeah it's it's been kind of a long week for everybody we're we're again a little bit short-staffed we got a mm-hmm. bunch of people on vacation mm-hmm. it's also ifa yep so we've got a whole bunch of people over uh in, in europe yeah. and doing the doing the coverage thing live but us back on. here gotta work too yes this is so. it's not any easier uh for us back here, unfortunately. <laughs> nope. On the home front, it's actually often sometimes even a little bit harder than actually being there on the ground covering yeah. an event. Yep. Um, it's a little bit of inside knowledge for you people out there. Uh, the, the worst thing you can do, basically, is be covering the home front during an event. The people who stay home during CES don't, they aren't really getting a break. That's right. the worst thing, yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, um, should we kind of just get right to it? Sure. It is time for Flame Wars as we start every week. This Ooh. is our, our our debate segment. Sherlyn, Devendra, you guys are going to talk about the biggest stories of the week. You will have 20 seconds to make your opening arguments. I'll allow you a brief rebuttal, at which point I will declare a winner based on the strength of your argument. Uh, pretty straightforward stuff. So let's start with a little bit of IFA news. Yeah. Because why not? Uh, Lenovo announced the Yoga Book, which is a tablet notebook hybrid thing. 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 Really a notebook. Yeah. Um, so what makes this device unique is it doesn't have a physical keyboard. Mm-hmm. Instead, it has a touchpad that displays keys as an outline, but also doubles as a uh, digitizer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sherlin. You 
got to try this out. You were actually pretty impressed by this. Yep. Uh, so uh, tell me a little bit about this and why you think this is actually like a really interesting and exciting move for Lenovo to make. In 20 seconds? Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, so first of all, I love pen and paper. So they have a feature where you can write on real paper with a pen on top of the tablet, so and it gets saved in the device. This is great. This is and then the software can recognize the text and save it, so you can search your notes later. It's really cool. And consider the audience; it's very innovative um, for a very specific group of people. Screw you, Terrence. Thanks. <laughs> um, that's good. That that sounds. You asked a lot of me in twenty seconds. <laughs> you'll, you'll have more time. Don't worry. I just you know want to get you. Got to build up that uh, that quickness, that learn efficiency. Bias. You like Davindra more. It's not about liking Davindra. I just like I to swear. buzz. Oh, actually, he likes hitting the button. Uh, yeah, that's really like what it is. I'm, <laughs> I'm easily amused, and I like things that make noise. Uh, so, Davindra, you're less of a fan. You think Lenovo let, went a little bit too far here? Yeah, uh, it's a cool idea, but uh, we've seen touch-capable keyboards like this before in the Surface, and Microsoft pretty much gave up on them because it sucked. So trying to do that again on this device, I'm not quite sure who it's for or what it's really meant to do. <laughs> He's, wow. <laughs> he is always way under, and guy. he ruins no, my No, I fun. think you just don't buzz him. Like, you just don't look at the timer when you talk. I'm staring him. right at it. He has five no. seconds left. God. I said the same amount time of me, stuff Shirley. he did. Time me. I said like, Listeners, at the time same me. speed. You just, you just don't like me. That's it. We love you. <laughs> <laughs> that is my favorite reaction oh. to anything ever. Oh, God. Don't it's like it. physical revulsion. Wow. <laughs> Guys. Uh. <laughs> you okay? I can't. No. I, <laughs> I'm sorry I can't say the same to you, Terry. <laughs> That's okay. I think Sherilyn's just trying to uh, get away from defending this. Uh, no, that's not true. Listen, yeah. okay, can I? Can I? Yeah, no, please go <laughs> ahead. That's that's. So first of all, I agree with you. The keyboard, the lack of a physical keyboard, is going to be like a sucky. Bleh, I almost swore. Uh, it's going to be a really <laughs> sucky thing for people who want to be productive on the go. But like I said, consider the audience. This is built for a very niche, or not so niche actually, is a sizable audience that likes pen and paper, that wants to write. And, and, you know, there's artists and designers out there that are going to benefit a lot from having this mm -hmm. on the go. They can sketch onto the device wherever they are. But you have to use, like, a Novo-specific pen and stuff, right? Like, right. There are a lot of limitations in terms of how that works. So There's not a lot of limitations. I mean, it's a good stylus with those, like, 2048 mm -hmm. like levels of pressure. Is uh, it a better stylus than Lenovo has had before? Because I've tested a couple of those, and mm -hmm. they're really skinny, really hard to hold. So and this that's one's a problem. This one's more like a pen. It's got okay. a pen cap and everything. And then with that pen cap, you can like finagle the nib so that you mm -hmm. can replace it with a real ink cartridge, which is pretty cool. That's cool. Yeah, I win, right? Um, well, I have a, I have a question for you, Devendra. Yes. So, because um, I mean, actually, I think you make a fairly compelling argument. Um, I'm one of these people who, you know, likes to take notes because I constantly forget everything. Yeah. Sure. Um, you know, not surprising. I'm the, yeah, it's not. It's really not. It's terrible. I'm, I'm, my mother used to tell me that like I would forget my head if it wasn't attached to my body, that mm -hmm. sort of thing. Um, so without the ability to like, really quickly jot down notes, I would be an insanely unproductive person. Uh, but as I've moved away from pen and paper, I found one of the big obstacles to really embracing that is the speed at which I'm able to take notes on a digital device. And this seems like it actually offers 
a way to kind of bridge that gap and a much quicker, much quicker access to that sort of thing. Is I that mean, not a compelling? Maybe. I mean, most people, though, you say that, I'm pretty sure you'll probably be able to type faster than you can actually jot down notes with pen and paper. You may just do it in a more organic way with pen and paper, but like personally, like I'm somebody who's been typing for a while, jotting down notes on a keyboard is really fast. Yeah. So, so what, what I was uh, going to ask, though, is I, I do type much faster than I write. Yep. Also, I can read what I type, and yep. my handwriting is atrocious. So anything that I write with pen and paper is basically useless to me anyway. Uh, but what I did find super interesting is you don't even have to like fire up the, lap, the mm -hmm. tablet. You don't have to fire up an app. Yep. You just pull the pen out and start scribbling, yep. and without turning the screen on, it automatically saves the note that you've written mm -hmm. down. It's, I mean, it's, it is a cool idea. It reminds me of the Microsoft Courier, that failed project from a couple years ago. But also, this is a full size, this is a big tablet. This isn't like a nice little, you know, seven incher, right? So it's 10 inches. Yeah. It's still pretty small. I feel like something like this, a little more portfolio size, a little like you know, smaller maybe, I would mean, be really cool. So to make your argument for yeah. you, the one thing I would worry about is when it what happens when it's out of juice and you yeah. need a piece yeah. of paper there. I mean, I'm helping Devendra here, <laughs> so it points to me, right? But yes. um, it, it'll, it has a really large battery, 8,500 milliamp hours. It's supposed to last mm -hmm. up to 15 hours of general use. Idle, it can last for days. I, I think it's innovative, and I think my point here is also that in a space that's kind of dead, Lenovo's really innovating. It's, How much this is, is it, though? Five, uh, 500 for the Android version and mm -hmm. 550 for the Windows version. It comes in two versions, too. Mm -hmm. It's pretty cool. I win. <laughs> <laughs> one, la one last question uh, for you, and then we can decide so who needy. wins. I know. Uh, just tell me a little bit about the typing experience on it, because I do, <laughs> I do kind of agree with Devendra that Typing on this flat screen mm -hmm. seems like it's going to be a terrible experience. I haven't tried it myself. So. I did. I tried it, and it, it was kind of awful. It was painful. <laughs> um, as I noted in my story, which is very well written, by the way. Um, it is an excellent piece, by the way. You should go read it. You should go watch the video. It's very good. And... Um, so it's got basically no travel. It's, there's haptic feedback, and there's um, they're very generously sized, but it's really very odd. Lenovo said that you can get used to it in about two hours and be banging out emails in no time. Sure. Uh, I think that's two hours of like constant use, which no, I don't have the time for. That was for. the same thing Microsoft said about their touch keyboard. Which, and, and it still nobody, sucked, right? Yeah, so I don't believe Lenovo mm -hmm. when they say that. I think that this is really going for the person that can do without a keyboard mm -hmm. altogether or doesn't mind like typing on screen, because it's a similar experience yeah. to typing on screen. Um, except with better haptic feedback. Okay. Um, I'm going to, unfortunately, award this one to Devendra Sherlin. I'm sorry. Ah! I think that this is... <laughs> it's an Oh, my God. <laughs> can I walk off? You, you can, <laughs> if you want. Nobody, nobody is keeping you to the chair. You are not shackled to that stool. Uh, here, here's what I'm going to say, is I think this is a very interesting, innovative device... I think the idea of being able to quickly jot down notes without having to fire up an app or turn on a tablet or anything is really interesting. But at the end of the day, like you said, the typing experience is terrible. And you know, at that point, what is the purpose of this extra digitizer thing anyway mm -hmm. if you know, you could essentially just draw on a screen with if a you stylus can see anyway. See the look of hate Charlene is giving. Yeah, you she is she is giving me That's the evil great. eye. That's great. You just like the video. <laughs> This does seem like I mean, weird. like let's be real. I made a really compelling argument. You did. I it and was, then you also and you're supposed your to. Argument. You're not. I helped you because I wanted to yeah, show I was smarter argument. than you. <laughs> and and, and <laughs> I kind of want to be honest here. I'm a little bit of like uh, a Lenovo fanboy. Yep. Um, I you're love. Supposed to judge, however, based on the power of the argument. Yes. 
And so I was, I was already biased in your favor, and you did not win me over. Your personal belief here is that the cute, whatever. Anyway, we need to move on, though. Unfortunately, more thought anybody will ever put into this device. It really is. This is. Let's be honest. Nobody's buying it. Sorry, guys. Let's move on to um, Intel. They announced their seventh generation CPUs uh, this week. And, you know, I think CPUs are a hard thing to get excited about. It's never the sort of news that gets everybody uh, all jazzed up and, like, partying the streets. Nobody's lining up to buy Says a new... you, Terrence. Nobody's lining up to buy the new Core i7s, unfortunately. I'm like, let's be honest with ourselves. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, well, since you're already starting to fall asleep, why don't we start with you, Sherlyn, and uh, tell me why you think uh, Intel really failed to capitalize and deliver here with its latest generation of CPUs. So this is, like you said, the seventh generation already, and Intel hasn't done anything that's really drastically new other than better performance, better battery life, but that happens every year. By this point, I'm so bored. I really wanted something different, like a new infrastructure or, or just a new way of, you know, delivering speed. Mm-hmm. Eat that! <laughs> you came in three seconds under. Nice. See? Nice. You can do this. I can't. Uh, it's just boring. Devendra, you, <laughs> you are uh, one of our resident chip nerds, though. I somehow became this. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, so... I guess tell me a little bit about why people should be more excited. Why Sherlin should be more excited about this chip? Mainly uh, around 4K video. This chip has hardware decoding and encoding built in, so uh, it basically won't use very much CPU usage to play 4K videos and encode them. That's a huge thing, because right now, even with a fast computer, 4K will kill your CPU usage. And again, five seconds. I'm pretty sure he like practices in the, this in the mirror the night yeah. before. Many, many years <laughs> of weird <laughs> radio <laughs> podcasting things, yeah. Um, so, uh, Shirtland, do you not think there's value or, you know, anything worth getting excited about now yeah. that these chips can decode 4K natively? I mean, that means that low-end laptops, mm-hmm. tablets, and I assume that Intel will eventually push these chips and this architecture to other things because yeah. you can find it. It's Intel coming chips. on laptops in September and desktops, I think, like January. And Intel also makes chips for TVs as well, sure. too, right? And so this could eventually find its way into that or set-top boxes. Maybe. I think TVs more are using the, the mobile chips now. Okay. Yeah. So name me a 4K lap display laptop that's on the lower end. Yeah, they don't exist yet, Sherlyn, because so the chips the... aren't there. <laughs> now we so, have them, and now you'll... Okay, I honestly so, agree that it'll be useless, but... Yeah. yeah, right now it's useless, and I yeah. mean, again, the timeliness of it is a big factor, but mm-hmm. also lower-end laptops wanting to do 4K editing and encoding and decoding kind of... To me, it feels like the wrong audience. To me, it feels like people who are going for the Chromebooks and the lower end streams mm-hmm. and whatnot aren't going to be using. Maybe it for I mean 4K there will there there are a wide variety of lower end chips too, but just the idea that these can handle videos of that size because it's not just 4K. It'll also have hardware decoding for like 1080p and other you know video sizes too. Basically, this means you can sit there with your laptop and watch a video and your laptop won't die in like four or five hours. It'll, it may go for like eight or nine or 10 hours. So I think that's the ultimate good thing here. But then yeah. by the time that happens, Intel will be on its eighth generation. So what's the point? I mean, that's two or three years away at this point. So what do you mean by the time that happens? Like By, by the, the time, time like the lower end computers catch up with all the displays, with the right components. You don't need the 4K display. It may also be more for people who want to like output. Like you have your laptop at home and you want to spit it out to a higher res monitor or something or even your TV. You have the option to do that now and your computer won't like chug. 
I mean, it, that's if your computer supports 4K output too, right? Yeah, that that would all be coming. <laughs> you need new chips for that, Charlotte. I'm just, first of all, ugh, snooze, I don't care. <laughs> but second of all, you're just going to win because like, Terrence likes you. So what's well, the I, point? I, I, don't I, even wanna, I don't even want to <laughs> do this anymore. I do want to interject here real quick because I think uh, Sherlyn makes a really important point, which is... Wow. Uh, <laughs> Intel is putting 4K decoding in these chips, and you're arguing that you know that means it'll make it available in these low-end devices. But she, you know, she rightly points out that there are no laptops with 4K displays I, at the yeah. lower end, and they're not coming anytime soon. And so it kind mm -hmm. of, you know, at I, least I think to me, Sherilyn is focusing on the lower end because that is the weaker segment for this chip. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, it does. Well, here's the thing to me: is it kind of does reek of Intel kind of jamming in a feature yep. that doesn't necessarily need to be there, rather than really innovating and delivering. And me and Sherilyn were talking about this a little bit earlier. Mm -hmm. um, the core my architecture is now a decade old. They uh, the, well, they change it every couple of years. So they, they're on this new. They make yeah. tweaks to it, but at its mm -hmm. basic level, it's been the same for a decade, and that's the longest that mm -hmm. any real basic architecture by a pretty has existed. Uh, I for think Intel the for name. So the name has been the same, but Intel has had this TikTok uh, cycle in terms of how they're refreshing the chip. So this chip is an improvement over the Skylake design from last year. Um, but you know that was a pretty big change over the other one. Like every generation brings uh, thermal improvements, so they run a lot less hot, and they can get up to higher you know megahertz. They can reach higher speeds. So they, well, they yeah. can reach higher speeds. I guess my my point is that they are these very small incremental things. You know, yeah, the, yeah. the megahertz. The, sure, they can reach slightly higher speeds, but the megahertz race is over. That ended basically yes. with the death of the Pentium Four. This is from true. Warp. Now it's about thermal, uh, like basically the thermal positioning, and yeah. they've also like a four K laptop that's super thin, insanely thin. Like uh, their their newer chips will be in some, maybe even some super thin tablets. A device like that, being able to power and decode 4K on its own, like forget low end computers, think about an ultra thin laptop or an ultra thin tablet. That's insane. That is pretty insane. Um, Sorry, I just saw- Surely this laughing at me? <laughs> no, I'm not <laughs> laughing at I, I was I was not listening to you guys because this is sorry. Sherlyn's not like listening to me. can argue for me in, on this. I'm like, I'm not even going to get excited because he said I made a good point because he's just going to give it to the Vendor anyway. I, I'm actually going to give this to you, Sherlyn. Okay. Yay. Because I, I mean, I see what you're saying. Of your personal biases, though. No, it has nothing okay. to do with personal biases. It, it has everything to do with, I think you make the better point, and I think... Uh, they're just not worth getting excited about. They continue to be incremental improvements, sure. and I think you know that sort of the thing is people are getting a little bit uh, restless mm -hmm. at this point, and the improvements that people really want to come out of these things are not what they're getting. Like four K, four K decoding is nice. Yeah, but what are you looking for? But I think people would be more interested in like the new Intel chip doubles my battery life. Well, and that's. that's it's not doubling it, but it does improve your battery life. Yeah, and the 4K performance, like, you got, okay, if you want to double your battery life, you have a laptop right now that maybe can run 4K in four hours, you double your battery life by bringing that to hardware decoding. I suppose that's true. <laughs> he already gave me the point, so shut I'm up, Devendra. No, I mean, I, I, mean I, get, here. I, get, I get what you're yeah. saying, but I'm just saying, like, the, the, the improvements yeah. there are so minor my my laptop that i own now doesn't last significantly longer than the laptop that mm -hmm. i had 10 years ago on yep. the same size battery um unfortunately and i think that that's <laughs> kind of where my my yes. issue lies and yes. i would like to see something more i will say though like if listeners are planning to get a new computer anytime soon 
Hold out. Wait. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, you do want the new chips. No, I mean, yeah. they're worth waiting for yeah. if you're in the market for a new computer. Mm-hmm. Don't buy an old chip if you don't have to. But also, don't like line up. At... <laughs> All right. Is that you want to move on? Yeah. All right. <laughs> that's let's me move going. On. That's okay. me going, Terrence. Please. Yeah. Please, so SDFU. let's let's move on to the most exciting. Yeah. No, no. Uh-uh. Oh, okay. Yes, um, we have to do this. We do have to do this, and I can't wait. Can I just explain all... for a second why I laughed just now? Because I looked in our script document, and uh-huh. I realized Terrence has spelled winner, whiner. Oh. <laughs> and I just burst out laughing. And then I fixed my typo. And then typo. you fixed it, so it's still funny. Anyway, um, So we're going to talk about Dead or Alive. And they're... Um, but why? Controversial VR mode. So to for those who don't know... Although I'm sure most of you do, Dead or Alive is a fighting game in theory. But this is Dead or Alive Extreme. Yes, so which, yeah. which is uh, their Extreme. beach Mini volleyball. Game. Beach volleyball. Yes. Yeah. So basically, Dead or Alive is theoretically a fighting game that exists primarily as an excuse to show scantily clad women. It, it bra- used to be a good fighting game. It brags about its breast physics. Yes. Like this yes. is a thing that they actually do in their press materials. And then they have these side games like beach volleyball, mm-hmm. and they just released, or they teased, I guess, not released, a VR mode um, yeah. that I, I'm <laughs> struggling to describe without coming off as overly crass. VR fondling. Yeah, I mean, basically you get to poke, prod, and fondle a virtual woman while she protests <laughs> that you are doing this. She covers herself and mm-hmm. yells no. And in the video demo of this, uh, the man trying it out continues to poke her against her protestation. He's really enjoying it. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we we covered this <laughs> with, I'm going to argue, the most excellent headline possible. Yes. Uh, which is, Dead or Alive VR is basically sexual assault the game. <laughs> um, and for those of you who don't like that, I don't care. It's yeah. honest. Deal with it. You can complain and take to YouTube and get all riled up about it if you want. Yeah, I watched your video. Who would do that? Who would oh, do that? There, uh, I won't call people oh, out okay. by name, but there's there's some angry children out some? there, basically. Hordes there, there, of angry. There are people with a lot of time on Ugh. their hands who can't wait to fondle virtual women. Yeah, so. they're really excited about okay. this. Really? They said that? I don't know if that's because they've never fondled a real woman. <laughs> Or if I'm so glad because, you get to fondle real women, Or Terrence. if because their only experience with fondling real women was, you know, let's, I'll just, I'll just leave it. No, That's, no parents. No. <laughs> I'll just leave it there. I'm dirty already. I think legal's walking through the door. Yeah, they're like right before there. Before I get in any more trouble, Sherlyn, <laughs> uh, chief contrarian editor, would you like to uh, go to bat for Dead or Alive real quick? So, 20 seconds is not enough time to do I won't this. I won't even give you the buzzer. We'll skip the 20 seconds okay. for this one. I'm not supporting okay. I'm not supporting the game or what as in this the thing that is doing here. I'm not supporting rape. I am against physical or sexual assault. But but, but this VR experience, the point of it is not to fondle the woman. It's it's not the whole point of the VR experience. There are other things you can do. So it really is up to you, the player, mm-hmm. to do this. I mean, sure, this shouldn't be in there, but I was talking to Sean Buckley, who wrote the yeah. article, and he mentioned that after all of the flack he caught online, um, someone pointed out to him, one of his friends pointed out to him, that the, the result of that prodding is different depending on the number of points you've already scored with the girl. <laughs> it's kind of weird. So you can it's, earn, you can you, earn the sexual You can earn the right to touch this girl, which okay. let's be real. That's worse, it's, Sherlyn. It's, it's bad, it's still bad, but it's kind of like real life. No. 
kind of, you think? Terrence has lost it. We've uh, <laughs> it's completely we have to shut down the show right His now. This face is so red. I think <laughs> oh he has my a coronary. <laughs> I can't. I'm not. Can't. I'm not even saying that okay. I'm for this. Uh -huh. I'm just saying that there are other mechanics to this game right, to right, prevent right. this from happening. What? But no. wait, wait. Oh. Uh, uh, yeah. But that mechanics to prevent it. I mean, it's not preventing it. It's, it's to, mechanics. I guess to justify, which isn't very like, which which really isn't cool. Mm -hmm. Like, and and to be fair, well, not fair. Well, I don't know. I'm trying yeah. to be fair because it's my job to consider the other. We we gave you an out. View. We gave Sherlyn an out to be to be like you don't have to defend this. So and I said I still would because I want to present the side okay. of the trolls. Well, you raised the point earlier too about violence and how we I accept did. violence in games. Versus nudity yeah. and sexual stuff. So I think that's a good point. Right. But, I was yeah. saying to Devendra when we were discussing this late in the night, unfortunately, that um, <laughs> that there is also a double standard. Like, I don't get our uproar over this on our side, on our parts, mm -hmm. when we don't care about people killing like people in very grotesque ways in games. Mm -hmm. um, one of the comments that Sean Buckley received was that, I bet you're going to say GTA is a murder simulator, which, you know what? We didn't say that. It's weird. We don't we don't give GTA that much flack for letting you kill we women. We do raise criticisms, it, yeah. right? Yeah. So I, I my issue here mm -hmm. is more about the double standard, and it's more about the fact that, yeah, that, yeah. that our reaction has an equal and opposite. Reaction? I see that. <laughs> I get that. Um, but yeah, so I've been following the Dead or Alive series for a while. I used to really like fighting games, and then this series came out, and the earlier games were pretty good. And then they got into this weird place where it just got really perverse. Yeah, they started talking about boob physics. They started talking about all this weird stuff. And then the spinoff series happened, which were basically excuses to watch the female characters in the show, uh, in the game, and just watch them play volleyball and just ogle them. So the move to VR, I think, is a very natural step for this franchise. But this idea that you can literally just fondle them and just basically you know, uh, assault them, uh, even while the characters are saying, now, to me, that crosses the line. Because right. virtual reality is, it's not just playing a game, mm -hmm. it is like you experiencing mm -hmm. this thing, and there's less separation between the player and the game and things like that. I agree, gaming, violence in gaming is a problem, but even in games where you're killing people, it's not like you're physically enjoying the act of killing somebody. And when a game is basically a murder simulator, uh, there was that game from a year or two ago where it was basically like a, I don't know, it was just like really perverse and really politically incorrect. And it was like touting itself as a murder simulator. Everybody gave that oh, game Oh yeah, crap. I remember that. I yeah, hate, remember. hatred. Was that it? I think it was called hatred, but it was basically like a guy trying to make yeah. a really dumb point that, oh, l look at all this, you know. And we did, to be fair, take that to yes. task. I think we did call it yes. a murder simulator. Uh, but that's a different level yeah. than like. So, GTA, yeah. I mean, I think you do bring up an interesting point about the double standard. And I think there that is a whole rabbit hole we mm -hmm. could yep. go down. Uh, that's a general American culture sure. thing. We are much more accepting of violence than we are sexuality. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, for for whatever reason that is, um, probably has yeah. something to do with the fact that you know we were founded by a bunch of fundamentalist Christians. Yay, Puritans! Yay! Um, I'm not gonna, not no, no, no. It's fine. We don't need to go down that rabbit hole. But I mean, I think <laughs> not too far, at least. Uh, but I do think there is uh, an important distinction between something like GTA and you know hatred or the dead or alive thing, which is. GTA is put in the context of a narrative. Whether or not you want to argue that it's glorifying 
violence through that narrative, there is still a story there. There is it is an attempt to convey something. Whereas dead or, the dead or alive experience is just kind of mindless, even if there's other mechanics and other things going on there, there's not, it's not trying to tell you a story, communicate morals, or provide entertainment beyond what you would get at like a strip club, basically. So, exactly. Yeah. So two things I want to say, right? So you're saying that this dead, of, dead or alive groping experience, let's, let's name it for what <laughs> it is, right? That should be the right? title. Yeah. If, they if should change it. I think put, it's currently called the Paradise Experience whatever. or something, which um, is also incredibly appropriate, I suppose. Dead yeah. or alive, happy endings. I don't know. <laughs> I like that. Um, dead or alive, happy endings. But, but, okay, so you're saying that if this groping experience were put in the context of a storyline that kind of, you know, let you live vicariously, and it was clear about that, you're saying this is okay. I'm not saying it's okay. I'm saying it would be... More a, acceptable. It would be a different debate. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's... Trouble with representing any act of violence, uh, whether it be sexual or not, in in media in that way. And I mean, you know, the creators of Game of Thrones got a lot of flack for the rape scene of Sansa, mm -hmm. and to an extent, understandably so. But that mm -hmm. also did serve a narrative purpose and a piece of art. And I think their arguments for why they did it are, you know valuable ones, even if at the end of the day I disagree that it should have been in there. Yeah. So and I see your point. I'm sorry, just to jump in. Ahead. I was trying to say this while you were talking just now. What is the distinction? So you, you took issue, Devendra, with mm -hmm. the fact that this is a VR experience. It puts you in... Well, it's, it is another level. Yeah. Right. But what about VR porn? Yeah. What about VR porn that's that's eventually going to morph and let you choose your own story. A VR porn is a thing. It's happening. Uh, porn like is a whole separate... I, I think it is sort of a separate argument. I wouldn't want to relate games to porn because when... Okay, yeah, ga some porn you know experiences are basically games and games are getting to that point. But that is a whole separate thing, though. That is something you know made for adults and usually involves like willing women you know like it involves like participants being willing unless it's like some weird rape fantasy but even then the right. construct of the fantasy is known like it's not like it's not a snuff film right we, we separate snuff movies from Actual the killing. fantasy yeah. of like oh all this weird sexual stuff so I think that's a big difference and the thing about VR is uh, having tested so much of this stuff out a VR isn't just like playing a game it is like replacing your reality and it yeah. is like you physically experiencing things. So I take issue with us getting to this point. And uh, even in the gaming world, like when violence reached a certain point, there was backlash. When Call of Duty uh, had that level in the airport where you were basically mowing down innocent civilians, there was a lot of backlash against that and about what that meant. So yeah, our, our view of violence and sexuality in games isn't great, uh, but I'd rather we, you know, if we want to be mature, let's approach actual, you know, sexuality and like real adult relationships and not uh, guys having an excuse to grip women. Yeah. yeah, Right. I think there's a lot to be said about sensitivity mm -hmm. in this country and there's a lot to be said about the mechanics of the game mm -hmm. behind mm -hmm. this. They could improve it for sure. Um, and But what I want to say is regardless of how you rule on this, Terrence, Mr. <laughs> O'Brien, yep. um, that I'm glad though that we managed to talk about this with both sides being able to see check all my arguments. YouTube channel later <laughs> because because I can guarantee you we're gonna get so much hate for this and yep, people yep, yep, who yep. just won't open their eyes to either side of the I argument. think I'm especially annoyed because of gamer culture right now yeah and kind of how but things, that's a rabbit hole yeah it's a whole yeah. other thing but um, I, I hate I hate we, how we, everything is turned yeah we do we do have to move on yep. uh, but I, want, I, I do want to leave this real quick on one uh, particular element of this that we didn't really get a chance to get to and that was part of the backlash that we got about the story. Mm -hmm. 
uh, and I think this speaks to your point about VR being a different level to an extent, and that was people basically arguing that we're up in arms about a thing that isn't real. At the end of the day, it's a virtual experience, and therefore it should be acceptable because we are not harming a real woman. And okay. that's the dumbest argument. Yes. I just want to say that. So if you're out there listening, watching, whatever, and that's the argument you were making, that was the issue you took with the headline and the story, is that it's not real. A, it was in the headline where we called it a game, and B, that's dumb. <laughs> you're encouraging it through a mechanic in yes. a game, and just because it's not actually real doesn't make it, accept make it acceptable. Go, I don't even <laughs> I'm dropping an F-bomb right. because I don't know. Yeah. Um, I'm awarding... Nobody a point for this. We all lose because of this <laughs> yeah. game, okay? And we're doing no points. Oh. Yeah. And we're we, all dumber for having had this argument. Yes. No. Just, <laughs> no, we're actually yeah. smarter for yes, having yes, had yes. this argument. I think argument. we're smarter, actually. I'm trying to go, was it Billy Madison? <laughs> all right. All right. Um, let's move on. Yes. But let's, let's move on to our big topic of the week in group chat. And we are going to talk about Chris Brown. Why? Forever, ever, ever. Um, was that the right well, song? I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Why don't you tell us why, Devendra? You're um, the one who wrote the story. So this week, uh, Chris Brown uh, woke up to a police standoff. Um, apparently, uh, a, a woman who I don't think she's been named yet reported that Brown had pulled a gun on her. Um, and the police kind of just uh, set themselves up in front of his house. And he started posting Instagram videos just kind of ranting against the police and how he's being treated. Meanwhile, um, you know, outside, the standoff outside his house lasted like most of that day. Um, local news was there. People were, you know, broadcasting stuff on Facebook Live. All at the same time, he was like responding on Instagram video. And it was just kind of an interesting back and forth, um, yeah, for, for a big media story like this. Yeah. So, I, I, you know, th this I did find this sort of interesting to weird to watch it unfold. Um, but, you know, one of the things that I, I, I wasn't quite sure of at mm -hmm. first, and I kind of hear your both of your takes on it, is, you know, Chris Brown's hardly the first celebrity to have run-ins with the law. He's hardly the first person to find himself splattered live on news networks yep. as he encounters it. You know, obviously, the one that jumps out, at least in my mind, and I'm sure most people of a certain age's mind, is OJ and the White Bronco. Well, that started our whole, like, the media culture we live in right now. That was the kick, the tipping point, right? Yeah. So, I was not alive. Yeah. I'm sorry. What? No, for real. When was this? Oh, my God. In the uh, 80s, 90s? God. Uh, um, let's take a pause. <laughs> I'm burying my head in my let's, hands again. Let's just, uh, hmm. Listen, I can't help that I'm young and talented. I need, I need to find out what year this was, uh, because I actually don't remember off Pretty the top sure of my head. Pretty sure it was the year I was born. Is that 92? Sure. I think it is. Oh, that's not the year I was born. <laughs> but I was not old enough to be reading the news. Um, Maybe you should have been, Shirley. No, uh-uh, what? You're saying that as I'm a sorry. I'm sorry that there is 90, so much. Ninety-four. Ninety-four. Yeah, you're not that young, Sherilyn. You're I was not pretty young. I was barely. Re no, I read from very young age, but <laughs> I did not care about news when I was seven years old. <laughs> okay. All right. All so right. let's 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 now that me and Devendra both feel old again. There's a <laughs> running theme on this podcast. There's a that. reason I'm cranky editor. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm contrarian. Um. So what? But what kind of made this mm -hmm. different? Uh, the Chris Brown thing different than OJ and other coverage that we've seen before? Uh, I think mainly that he was responding and almost not quite in real time. It wasn't Instagram live video or anything, but he was responding to things that were happening. And I think he was also watching the news and seeing how people were reporting on him. So that back and forth was kind of fascinating too. I mean, during the OJ car chase uh, at one point, uh, I forget who it was 
his friend AJ, I think, uh, who was actually driving the car, like he got the police called him. And some of those calls, I think, were also broadcast. Um, yeah, so there was some back and forth there, but it's just funny how how much y- you have a phone. It's basically a whole production studio for you to like, you know, rail back at the media or whatever. Yeah, I think it's interesting that this kind of lends us the perspective of the other person, the other side, mm-hmm. the side that the media circus doesn't get to see, right? What it feels like to be at the center of it. Yes. It, give, like it gives friend. you a direct line yeah. to exactly. the person on the other side of that police. And even though he wasn't the most articulate in mm-hmm. any of those videos, it was kind of terrifying to imagine yourself in his positions, sure, sure. especially if you think yourself innocent. Mm-hmm. That was, that. I feel like I would have done that. Yeah, I would have been periscoping the crap out of that. Yeah. Or Facebook living. Like. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean, and he's not the first person to do that. It's a growing trend we've yeah. kind of seen. Uh, yeah. You know, um, in the immediate aftermath of Philando Castile, uh, Diamond Reynolds broadcasted on Facebook Live, and that I guess that was sort of the first big one we saw. Yeah. Right, that was the first one that really went I like think so. huge. But, but that, that was after videos, like after the fact, or videos released after the fact that were taken. Right, it's not live things as well. Video, so, right? Yeah. 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 But but increasingly, it's it seems like people on that other side of yeah. the, the law enforcement divide are taking to social media and taking mm-hmm. to the internet to show their side of the story. Yep. Mm-hmm. A, to their benefit or detriment, perhaps, in the case of Chris Brown. Sure. <laughs> um, it, but this is this is a growing trend, yep. I think. Um, <laughs> I, I'm sorry. And I, I was laughing because I just saw what comes next in the script. I know this is all scripted, guys. Yeah. Well, um, I mean... I, I doubt people out there assume that we're we're sitting down here and literally just making this all up no, off we're the top of our head. This, we right? we do come in with a plan yeah. for what we want to talk about. Uh, believe it or not, that's uh, why we have our laptops here. Yeah. Anyway, we're not nerds. Um, but the the thing I saw next was that you know some uh, so putting people behind the camera to show their perspective is very interesting when they're they're actually people of a note. But some people are just going to take to Periscope for uh, anything. That's most of live video right now, right? Yeah. That's why most live video content is and it, garbage unless something It encourages happens. a sense yeah. of self-importance yep. that is kind of a problem of this generation. It's very I find that people, mm-hmm. and they're going to hate me for this, are very like self-important and very entitled and, and this believe they deserve a whole bunch of things. And this is yeah. a whole other topic that we should talk about later. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if I wonder if putting these tools uh, or, or the proliferation of these tools mm-hmm. is actually making it worse. Uh, I think that is a that is a rabbit hole <laughs> we could go down. It's so many. Uh, yeah, there's, well, I mean, but there's an example. But kind of related to that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it may be turning people into like narcissists or something. But on the occasion there is an event uh, that ends up being important. Oh, all of a sudden, the the fact that you have the technology to do this so easily, uh, I know it's it's kind of fascinating. So we gain a lot. But it also yeah. puts makes people a little bit less. Um, I don't know, helpful, which, mm-hmm. I mean, there always is a problem for, like, photo, photojournalists, right? right when you're right, at right. an event right. where someone's being harmed, do you photograph yeah. it or do you help? You don't want to be like the Seinfeld finale, right, where you're there just taking a video of I the experience. I haven't seen the finale. Oh, my God. I, I'm actually Were you alive for that, Sherland? I was, I was alive for it, but I kind of don't like Seinfeld, so. I like Seinfeld. I'm all caught up Seinfeld's to, like, perfect. the last two seasons. But anyway. Um, <laughs> You're all caught up. I'm all caught up. I have a feeling that actually, instead of the dead or alive stuff, I'm going to get the most hate mail about not watching Seinfeld. Yes. Basically, because yes. you're, you're an old white man. <laughs> anyway. Um, New Yorker. New Yorker, yeah. too. So, but the thing is, like, I, I don't want to, I feel like this will result in that kind mm-hmm. of an issue where you're at a fire and people need help, but your first instinct isn't to maybe We've seen that happen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not good. But yeah. is, is is there not something to be said though about you know 
whether or not this encourages people to document instead of help and participate, mm -hmm. which I think is a very real concern. Yeah. Um, but is is there also not something to say about the fact that this perhaps builds uh, an expectation of transparency that didn't exist before, and you know puts you gives you a glimpse into people's lives who and another point of view that didn't exist before that happened. I mean, sorry to be really trashy and into celeb gossip, but when Kim Kardashian, <laughs> you know, pulled out that Snapchat video that showed like incriminating evidence of Taylor Swift saying, you know, approving oh, okay. the song lyrics that, that Kanye wrote, that was like kind of transparent, but in a, in, a, in a weird way. And that like made Taylor Swift look really bad and kind of pulled down her whole facade of being a nice girl. So I agree. And I, I like not the expectation of transparency. I think we should always support transparency. Mm -hmm. I'm a big fan of that. Um, I just wonder if at a certain point it gets to be mm -hmm. too personal. Yeah, I mean, but the reason we're also seeing all the reports of police brutality now is, isn't the fact that this stuff just started happening, yeah. right? Yeah, true. This is how the world has been, and we, like most people, either didn't know or we didn't know yep. the extent to which it was happening. Yep. So I think in that vein, like that transparency has been helpful. I think that's yeah. right. And then that's where the documentation helps because mm -hmm. you wouldn't, we wouldn't have known of a lot of these issues happening if someone hadn't been there with a live camera streaming straight mm -hmm. out of there. So. Yeah. And, I, and I think one of the things that kind of straddles this line between the expectation of transparency and pushing that forward and also that self-importance mm -hmm is Kim.com <laughs> and his... Ooh, and that's why I laughed just now. Yeah, yeah. which, and, and understandably so. So do you want to tell us what's going on with Kim.com no. since you, you, you don't want to I just laugh? think it's ridiculous. I just go ahead. Um, so he's he demanded and apparently was granted the ability to live stream the appeal of his extradition hearing. Um, that's pretty cool. I just, I, I, I'm not super familiar with the semantics of what was granted. Is he going to live stream it himself or is someone, has someone set up something for him? Uh, I mean, I assume he's not going to be able right. to live stream it himself. Um, That'd be weird. Isn't he banned from the internet? He or something? probably yeah. is. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to lie. I'm not super up on my Kim.com. I probably <laughs> should have read this a little bit closer before coming Guys, on the we show. All we, all we know is, right was it approved? Because I know the judge was considering. It was approved. Okay. He will be allowed to stream his extradition appeal. Um, so, I mean, it is sort of interesting, though. I mean, regardless of the fact that he is a megalomaniac <laughs> um, with an absurd self uh, sense of self-importance. One of the world's top Call of Duty players. Yeah. All right. Yes. Is, is that a thing? It's a thing. Like the there was Listen. a point where he was like waiting between trials where he just rose up the ranks and became like number one. Interesting. In some Call of Duty games. He had a lot of free time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Probably. Uh, but you know, it does. It is sort of interesting, I think, and it does speak mm -hmm. to this expectation of transparency and how live video and live streaming and internet mm -hmm. video in general has kind of pushed us to expect this. Now you're going to be able to see the legal proceedings that will either lead to him uh, being sent back to the U.S. to face conspiracy, racketeering, and money laundering charges, or um, to remain safe and sound with, where is he? New Zealand? Yes, New Zealand. Right? Yeah. I mean, uh, this is probably the closer O.J. correlation now. I think so, too. Because like, the, the recording and the way the O.J. trial yeah. was actually uh, spun out to the media, well, um, like that's, that was a big change for us. And trials didn't used to be entertainment. At the same time, um, C-SPAN, yep. you know, like airs all sorts of things like uh, government hearings and sometimes trials too, right? So it's not like this is super new. The fact that it's being broadcast through the internet, I guess, notable. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, and, and, and the other thing that sort of struck me about this, and there are children, yeah, apparently. Yeah, if I wonder, you guys hear kids you guys, screaming, it's not it's me. Over. I'm it's not over. that young. I'm, I'm assuming it's bring your child to work day or something. <laughs> um, but the other thing that struck me sort of interesting is that everybody watched the other side of the Chris Brown stuff mm -hmm. on Facebook Live. Oh, yeah. Yep. Everybody went and watched, you know, traditional news coverage. Yep. But they watched it on Facebook Live instead of on cable. Um, and they did the same thing fairly recently with the uh, Trump Tower climber. Yep. Uh -huh. Although those were usually, those were both local newscasts on Facebook broadcasting Live. to Facebook. Yep. But they were also broadcasting on their website and also like occasionally on their own channels too. So it was just spreading out the streams that were already there. And trying to capture as much of an yeah. audience as they can. Yeah. Thirsty. Thirsty for yep. page views or whatever. Well, I mean, it, it does facilitate mm -hmm. uh, easier sharing if you're, post, you're streaming this direct to yes. Facebook, though, yeah. right? Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just become the platform of choice, right? So it used to be their own channel. It used to be maybe your website, maybe your own app or something. Now Facebook has just kind of taken that role. I mean, I think there again, this is probably a bigger issue, but I think that a lot of media is moving towards social media and mm -hmm. like broadcasting directly to Facebook Live. Eventually, all our, like, you know, certain yeah. publications that I shall not name are basically going to keep publishing content through mm -hmm. all, all these channels. And then the rest of their site's going to lose traffic, but then. Yep. As are we. This and is a big danger. <laughs> yeah. Big it's, danger. It's, it's, it's that, that off-platform views yeah. and all those bud, buzzwords and all that More media nonsense. More behind-the-scenes stuff, guys. Yeah. Mm. Anyway. Uh, but, I mean, I do think it's kind of fascinating to watch this sort of shift yeah. to yeah. Facebook Live in particular. Because I think um, a lot of us, or at least I did, you can say if you, know, you disagree with me. I just When Facebook Live launched, I looked at it and I went... Same thing you kind of said, which is like, oh, great, another way for, like, vain, self-important people to overshare on a social network. A.K.A. me. I mean, it's fine. Let's I've, be real. I've, I've, used... I've seen trailing Snapchats, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of, it seems like it's kind of actually turning into, like, a legitimate way to deliver news, which I at least wasn't expecting. Well, it's more like... Facebook has some numbers, right? They have what over a billion users. When you're a platform that big, like you give you give people a platform to put their voices out there, and when you're that big, yeah, Facebook interesting its, things will happen. It's its own country. But I'm also so worried about like this, the dominance of Facebook and the killing of the open web and things like that. Yeah, yeah. I think that's probably as good a place as any yeah. to end it. Um, Oh yeah. God! That's a that is a that is a that is a solid concern and another rabbit hole we could disappear down that we will save for another episode. Wow. Okay. Um, so thank you, Sherlyn Devendra, for joining me. Uh, where can the fine people find you on the internet? Don't find me. <laughs> Just don't. Okay, at Sherlyn though, whatever. Fine. <laughs> uh, Devendra. I'm at Devendra on Twitter, and I podcast about movies and TV at slashfilm.com. Uh, All the shameless self-plugging. Yeah. yeah, that's what this is for. It's how, really? It's how it works. Yeah. So you if you've got so things shameless. you want to plug. Your you have face. A, wow. <laughs> Check out Sherlyn's wow. <laughs> SoundCloud channel. Oh, God. You're such a stalker. Oh, yeah. my God. You tweet it. Oh, that's true. Don't follow me on Twitter. Just don't. You can't. It, yeah. it, is the SoundCloud just you? No, SoundCloud. Just no. Okay. It's just like Sherlyn's like, everyone's always against me. <laughs> Every day. Just lots of threats. I'm going to make like a rap threats. song about how Terrence sucks. <laughs> please? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yo, yo, it. yo. Um, <laughs> you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Terrence O'Brien. Lots of E's, no A's. Uh, 
please send us feedback, send us questions, comments, concerns. We want to make this show, show enjoyable for you. You can hit us up uh, on Twitter, at Engadget. Email us at podcast at Engadget. Or uh, just send all of your hate mold mail direct to Sherlyn. No, no, Terrence. Um, <laughs> thanks for joining us. Uh, don't forget to rate us on iTunes. And don't miss next week's episode. We'll be coming to you from San Francisco following the Apple event. We'll be talking mm. iPhone. We'll be talking Sony. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, but before we go, I want to leave you with the comment of the week, which comes from Joer80. Uh, meh. Back to watching the Kardashians. And I shall. <laughs> Seems like a really good use of time. Just for you. Yeah, I love it actually. <laughs>